Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily. I'm Veronica. And today we are crazy. (laughs) This is going to be a really weird one, you guys. So hang on for this ride. Buckle your seatbelts. We like came into this thinking we knew what we were going to talk about, but then we realized neither of us knew. No. And then we decided on something and then we're like, no, we're not going to do that. And now we're like, okay, I think we're going to do that. (laughs) Yeah. So today we're going to talk about uh, like sensuality and body and body image sex and magic and yeah do you feel magical do right now not sexual? that much you- <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm keeping it real guys <laughs> just i'm having this day when veronica got here i'm like i have hate in my heart today do you ever have one of those days where you just feel like you wake up and you're like cranky and angry and everything feels hard i'm having that day so this is gonna be awesome <laughs> consider yourself I'm feeling born. really like like I'm full of acceptance of where you're at right now so I think I think, I think we make a good pair Ooh, yeah that's good I know I'm like I can't even stand being around myself because like I can stand being around I like being around you right now even right, right now, now. <laughs> even in the midst of this cranky bratty yeah. thing I'm doing because we all like I totally resonate because we all go there. You yeah, know? we do. We do. So Veronica and I got, got into a big conversation about sex and yep. about like sex in a relationship and like feeling what, what feels right in your body and how do you communicate that and all of that. And then that turned into this idea of talking about uh, like sensuality and sexuality and how that ties into magic. And it's interesting because actually in the priestess path, I have a whole section called sacred sensuality. It was called sacred sexuality, but I just changed it because I think sensuality is more encompassing. What's the difference between sensuality and sexuality to you? Well, I think, well, to me, I don't feel like there's that much of a difference, but I think that bringing in the word sensuality uh, is more encompassing of the entirety of being and experience, whereas sexuality, I think, could be pigeonholed into like just sex. sex. Right. Yeah. I mean, in the in the in the word, it's like sex. In the the beginning, it's sense. Right. So it's all about your senses. It does. It has that sense of like sense. sense. <laughs> I just said that again. That was weird. Aren't you guys glad we don't edit this? Of like <laughs> all your senses, you right. know, like touch, feel, smell, everything, as opposed to just like feel. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whoa, that was weird. <laughs> What is happening right now? Oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I want to just up front say I am not super well versed in sex magic. I'm familiar with some of the concepts behind it, but it's not something I've studied or even uh, really practiced a whole lot of. Have you? No. Okay. No. So we're going to just come at this kind of raw. With what our experience is. Yes. You know, and um, what it feels like. Um yeah, working with our own bodies. Yes. Um, and that's more of us. I feel like that's more of sensuality as opposed to sexuality. Like you're doing a spell to, you know, want to get somebody to get with you or whatever. 
that's not what we're looking at. <laughs> oh, I was like, wait, we're not talking about no, that. No, we're not talking okay, about okay. that. <laughs> Let's talk about what we're not talking about. That's not what this podcast is about, everybody. Okay. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> I think that sensuality and being in tune with our physical experiences, all of our senses, and even those like six, the sixth sense, you know, and, and the, the Claire's, um, all of that feels like it really ties into our own magical practices because ultimately our bodies are all we need mm-hmm. when we do magic, right? It's it's awesome. I'm sure I've said this, like, I feel like I say this all the time, but I can't remember where I said it. So I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but it's awesome to have all the tools. Like I love my crystals and my tarot cards and my pendulum and like all these amazing like physical tools that I have that are fun, but I don't need them. Yeah. And just... neither do you. Okay. <laughs> like me or them no everyone (laughs) everyone none of us really need them we just need our bodies yeah right yep exactly so yeah we just need to be able to tune into our bodies and i think that's part of really tuning into our own central experience but i think there's the next level of that is also that body not just your body wisdom but your body acceptance i know it's a hard one that's so hard it's so hard to love our bodies yeah and that's not true for everyone. Some people are like, yeah, my body rocks. Mm-hmm. You know, some people really have that confidence and exude that confidence. But I know for me, I've studied with studied, I've struggled with body image my entire life. Yeah. Like, too. you know, I'm five foot 11. I've been tall forever. I am not thin. I am a curvy girl. I like to eat. <laughs> I like to eat as well. But I also like to move. Um, and I love moving my body. Yep. And I love how that feels. But, it, you know, when you're growing up in this culture, so much of what you see when you're, like, hanging out in line trying to buy your groceries are, like, these super thin airbrushed women. Mm-hmm. And we're told that's the ideal of beauty. Yep. I feel I feel like that's shifting a little bit. Like, I feel oh, like yeah. in I'm media and ads. Yes. For women who are plus size and who Mm -hmm. are like different colors, different nationalities. Like I'm like, oh, wow. like Shapes and sizes. Yes. Yes. There's more and more of that appearing. But I think there is still that underlying – that's why the diet industry makes so much money, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's still that underlying message of like – You're not good enough. Yeah. You got to be thinner. You got to be better. Mm -hmm. Get that plastic surgery. Yep. You know, it's it's actually really heartbreaking. I work with a lot of teenagers and I I often find myself just feeling so sad when I hear these gorgeous young women just criticizing themselves and hating on themselves and wanting to get surgery or, you know, I don't know. And I guess part of it, the heartbreaking part is I can relate to that because I remember being a teenager and feeling horrible about myself. Um, I remember being in my 20s and feeling horrible about myself. I remember last week. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's an ongoing struggle. It is an ongoing That's, struggle. Yeah. I'm way more at peace with yeah. my body now at 44 than I was at 24. Well, thank goodness. Yeah. And I still struggle. I still have yep. moments of struggle, but I'm a lot more in acceptance and a lot more in relation in relationship with my yes. body than looking at it as this foreign object that's doing me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> You're fighting against. Fighting against. Yeah. Exactly. And I think when we fight against ourselves, when we judge and criticize ourselves, we take away our ability to fully connect with self, which also impedes our ability to fully connect with source. This is my bias, folks. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because if you're not 
Yeah. I mean, I find like when I am criticizing, when I'm self-criticizing and I'm, that really bogs you down. And when you're talking about connecting to source, that's more of an openness. Mm, yes. Like you have to have, you have to, I mean, this is my experience is I have to be open mm-hmm. to receive source, to right. be, you know, receiving messages from source or whatever that I'm needing or wanting. Um, and when I'm criticizing myself, I'm not feeling good about myself. It's more like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. What are you doing? You know, it's, it's, it's very, very closed off. Yes. And I think it also takes away our ability to fully experience, right? Coming back to that idea of sensuality and using all of our senses and, you know, whether it's a physical touch or smell or taste, you know, the more we make our bodies our enemies, <laughs> Yep. the the less able we are to utilize all the gifts that they give us to be able to tap in more deeply. Just so amazing. I just think about like, I went on a hike this last weekend and there were moments of like, what I was like, this is pure bliss. Uh-huh. Like, and it was a hard hike. Like it wasn't like, oh, la la la. Like we're like hiking up a half of a mountain. Yeah. You know, like this is difficult, but there were moments where it was like, I was in tune with my body. I was sweating. I was breathing. Like mm-hmm. I could, I was in touch with my breath. I could smell like the summer in the trees, oh, yeah. you know, and the pine trees smell like summer and, and like the sweetness of summer coming on. And it was like this whole experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, this is bliss. Like this is me in tune with my body, even in times of like, it wasn't easy, you know? Right. Well, that's when I used to trail run. So I, you know, I've run some half marathons and I I love trail running, but due to knee injuries, I've had to really not do that so much. Um, Because again, not a small human. So running probably not the best sport on the joints. Impact on the joints. Yeah. But I remember, you know, I would go and I'd run, you know, eight miles Mm -hmm. and somewhere multiple times in that eight miles, I would have what I call soul bursts where it's just like the whole world. I feel completely connected to everything. I feel yep. wide open and I feel just my blood coursing through my body and the way my feet are connecting me to the earth and just the beauty and just being fully, truly alive. Yep. Um, and I think that there's so much energy and magic that gets pulled up from those places when we allow ourselves to really just be present. And you don't have to go and work your butt off and sweat real hard. <laughs> It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that there is something about be- you have to be connected to your body mm-hmm. or you're going to eat shit, basically. Excuse yep. my language. But you <laughs> – and I have. I've definitely taken some pretty good tumbles um, yeah. while running. But, you know, if you're not really rooted and connected, then you risk injury, basically. So, oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's times when I'm like – I like on the cycle, I was like totally exhausted. Like, yeah. And I was, this, the bliss thing was not happening. I was, I was literally like, I'm going to get on my knees and start crawling right now because I think that would be more efficient than what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Um, and like stumble mm-hmm. and twist my ankle, you know, cause I'm overdoing, I should have just stopped really right. just now is the time to stop and take a breath. Mm-hmm. and start breathing and get back into my body. Notice that I'm overdoing it. This is not the time to, this is when you get injured. <laughs> right. Right. And I think that like you could use that as a metaphor of like in our lives when we're not connected, you know, we can hurt ourselves, you totally. know, emotionally, yep. you know, if we're not, we're like, Oh, I, you know, criticizing ourselves, we can really do damage mm-hmm. to our, to our self-esteem. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I always feel like the best thing that you can do to help connect to your body is come back to your breath and to uh, tap into what sensations are happening on your skin. You know, what Mm -hmm. do you see? There's that, that exercise of, um, you know, what are five things you see? This mindfulness exercise, right? Mm -hmm. So five things you see, four things you feel, like what are you feeling on your skin? What can you touch? Um, Three things you hear, two things you smell, smell, and one thing you taste, I think is how Mm -hmm. it works. Um, But anyway, it's it's just an exercise. It's a sensual exercise. It's coming back to your senses. And I think there's a lot of power in that. Um, And the more we take time to intentionally connect with our physical experiences, I think the more we develop a relationship with our bodies. Which I think we really need to do. I mean, right. I feel like, like personally, like I have, my body has changed so much. I mean, now that I'm in my forties, you know, there's like, I know, and I know it's going to shift again yeah. as we, as we move, as, as I move through my life, but like to be able to accept it and love it as it's changing. Um, you know, the first thing is noticing, like, this is a change, like, I'm not going to be able to eat the way I used to eat. Mm -hmm. Like I might have to change the way I move. Like you Mm -hmm. said, you can't run anymore. And to be able to accept that instead of creating like self-interest ideas and thoughts about myself, like I'm not good enough anymore. Like I can't do this anymore and I'm not good. Right. You know? Totally. So honoring all the strengths that we do have and the, the beauty that does lie within our bodies and the power that they have. And if you at any moment during this talk are thinking, well, my body is not beautiful at all. Stop mm-hmm. it because it, it is, is beautiful. It's incredible. Our bodies are incredible machines really that do so much and they give us so much. They're really powerful. Um, yeah. So, so one of the things we were talking about sex, which is how this whole idea came about. So we were talking about like, you know, in, in our relationships, just, communicating about what our different bodies want Mm -hmm. and how to communicate that with people. And I think it can be really hard. It can be a really big challenge to be like, this is actually what my body wants and I want you to do this, Mm -hmm. right? That's really vulnerable. (laughs) And as we were talking about this, um, it was bringing me back to this time in our, we were talking about being vulnerable in our women's circle many, many, many years ago uh, where somebody was brought Sheila in a gig I believe is how this Mm -hmm. whole exercise started. And for those of you that don't know, uh, you actually see images of Sheila Nagig, which um, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. She is an Irish, she's said to be an ancient Irish goddess, but Mm -hmm. actually I found out more recently she's not connected with ancient Ireland. So apparently Mm. she is connected with the church and was, you would see her in doorways over churches. So she is an old crone who has her legs spread apart and is holding her yoni wide open. Wide open. Yeah. Right. So, um, and I can't, I think the idea was that it would keep demons away or something. I can't remember. I, I just, I wish I had written this down and I wish I knew I was having this talk with y'all today because <laughs> I, I went to a presentation and this, this uh, scholar was sharing the actual origins of her, but none of this is neither here nor there. The point is, this evening that we were having in our circle was focused on Sheila Nagig and about all of us honoring our own yonis. And we were asked to bring a mirror and to look, to really like look at our vaginas and to draw them. 
And uh, <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> right. So, so I'll see what happened for me in that moment. And then, and I will, I will go on to say, well, I'll say what happened for me in that moment and beyond. And then, um, and then I'll hand it off to you. V. Cool. So for me being the tallest woman in our circle and probably the heaviest at that time, um, maybe, maybe. I don't know. but there were, there were, at the time, I think there might've been 10 people in our group. And I, of course, judging myself against everybody else was like, everybody's thin and they're going to take off their pants and they're all going to be really comfortable. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Everything in my body was like, no, I'm not doing this because, um, because this is too vulnerable basically. And I went into a total shame spiral and I felt horrible about myself. And I'm like, oh, there's no way I'm sitting in this room with all these people. And I think I ended up not doing it that night. And um, I think, I can't, honestly, I can't remember. I just remember all the feelings. I know. I don't, th- <laughs> I don't think I did do it. I think I ended up drawing like what uh-huh. I thought my yoni would look like. And then I wrote a lot after that about all the stuff that was coming up for me. Now, since then, I've done this exercise. And it was actually a really lovely exercise. It's very different to do it by yourself than mm-hmm. it is to do it in a room. Group. Oh, yeah, in a room with other women. Um, so anyway, I the reason I bring this up is because A, it was really vulnerable. And B, it was an opportunity to connect with a part of our bodies as women that we often don't really look at or oh, yeah. talk about or see. I mean, I definitely am pretty open and have had many a conversation in my life about sexuality and and my vagina and whatever, but not everybody is and not everybody's comfortable with even having those conversations, let alone grabbing a mirror and looking at yourself. Right. And then drawing it. And then drawing. Yeah. Like it was, it was very powerful and, um, and it really left an imprint on me. And when I did it later on my own, which I've done more than once, it, it felt really different and it felt really empowering. What was your experience, Veronica? <laughs> well, first I was like, I'm game. And then, you know, because I'm I'm usually game for things. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like I get excited. Okay. And then and then I was like, oh, this is really uncomfortable for me. Like uh-huh. I was I felt very vulnerable. Like mm-hmm. I definitely was like in my corner, back turned, like away from the other women, you know, like lift, like make sure I wear a skirt you know, so I don't have to expose any other parts of my body to mm-hmm. anybody that I don't want to, you know, these are all women that I loved and trusted right? I know. that I had been naked with. Yes. Yes. Which is really different. Like it's so, it was so different to be mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm going to expose my yoni and do a drawing and, you know, but we were all doing it. So there was a moment like, so that at first it was really uncomfortable getting to that point. Um, and then there, then I was like, oh, we're all doing this. Like everybody's uh-huh. there except with their maybe Emily. mirrors. Except Emily. Who's <laughs> <laughs> over there pouting in the corner with her shame train. <laughs> but there was this acceptance of like, yeah. oh, we're all doing this. This is totally fine. Like I'm not bad for mm-hmm. doing this, for looking at myself or, you know, um, I grew up in a household that was pretty sexually conservative as Christians. Like didn't see my mom naked hardly at all. If I saw her, it was in her underwear. You know, there wasn't any of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was really closed off, you know, growing up. So this kind of like exercise was like, 
oh, okay, am I bad doing this? Am I, you know, I did have some shame coming up and then was like quickly figured out like, this is okay. Like everybody else is doing this too. And then it was like, oh, this is an exercise, you know? So, <laughs> had my student brain on. <laughs> <laughs> and I did get fascinated with what I look like uh -huh. because I hadn't looked at my Noni. I right. hadn't. I mean, maybe other people had. But I had it and I was like, oh, wow, this is so intricate. Like there's faults in here and there's like, I just, it's a lot more complex than I thought. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it was a really good exercise. Yeah. Yes. I learned a lot. And, and the reason that, you know, I kind of transitioned into this space is because I think there is something about knowing your body mm -hmm. as well. And not just, so not just feeling your body and not just tuning into all the things that you can sense but also really seeing yourself and seeing parts of yourself that, you know, you might be willing to expose to a lover, but mm -hmm. maybe, or maybe not, but you know, that you might not have looked at yourself. Well, I think, I feel like it has to start with you because I mean, you can obviously expose yourself in any way you want, but <laughs> yeah, but it can have a backlash, mm -hmm. you know, there can be shame. There can be, you know, a lot of feelings mm -hmm. and thoughts and um, even like abuse stuff can come up. Absolutely. You know, whereas if you work and do like, like that exercise that we did in our group, like if you do your work and get to know your body and get to know all of that before you're able to share with somebody, you're, mm -hmm. you know, then you most likely will have a more pleasant experience. Sure. Well, and to be able to communicate about it too, you know, mm -hmm. which is another, that's like next level, but that is <laughs> it's totally next level. Veronica and I are still both learning. in very long-term relationships and we both were just saying how it can still be hard to communicate sometimes, that's even crazy. to the person that you're like closest to. The closest person yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. So it's, yeah, it's, I think it's just really um, powerful to know yourself, to, to be connected to your experience and to find that place of being able to accept yourself. And it, mm -hmm. you're not always going to be able to. No. Um, you know, we all have edges we come up against, but I think the more you get to know yourself and the more you can see the value in your experience and appreciate that, mm -hmm. the easier it is to accept and care for and nourish yourself without being too critical. It's like, I need, I want to keep doing this. <laughs> Wait, you want to keep doing this conversation? Yeah, this conversation, but you know, like working on that for yeah. myself. Like, I think I, it's, it's not a one and done kind of yeah, deal. No, it just, it, but it, it sometimes gets shoved to the side. Oh yeah, whatever that I just, that came into my head or that I got triggered about that and just shove it in the background. Or, totally. Oh, I don't feel good about that shove that in the background or, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to looking at it and deciding like, what experience do I want? How mm -hmm. do I want to feel in my body? Like, I, cause I have, I have control over my body. Like I don't have control over some other things, but right. I have control, <laughs> somewhat control over my body, obviously yeah. the aging process and there's injuries and stuff that you're born with Illnesses. and stuff that you do not have control right. over whatsoever. But you have choice about how you yeah. tend to yourself exactly. and the relationship that you cultivate. That's what you have control over. Thank you, Emily. You're welcome. <laughs> well, and <clears throat> excuse me, 
I also just wanted to speak to, you know, because we kind of started off by talking about like sexuality and sensuality and those two going together. And I just want to speak to the fact that, you know, there is a lot of power in sexuality. There's something that feels really amazing when you're feeling confident and sexy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just that you exude that and you see it. You see it in people who are out in the world feeling that way about themselves. And it's kind of magnetic. Oh my gosh. I'll see people like, I'll see a woman that's like dressed and she, you can tell she's walking it. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You go girl. And sometimes I'll be like, you look amazing. Yes. Like I'll even random stranger. Totally. Like, but it's because they're exuding that exactly. confidence. It's not because they're wearing a red sexy dress or whatever. No. It's like they're walking. It's how it. they're, it's they how are, they're embodying yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And so to remember too, that so much of our, our sacred sexuality and sensuality really comes from how we feel and how that translates because people pick up on our energy. It's an energy. Totally. And just, you know, real quick talking about sex magic, which I know probably some of you started off listening going, I want to know more about that. Well, I don't know more about that. So I (laughs) just tell you what I do know, uh, because again, it's not an area that I've done a lot of study in, but my understanding is, is that it's really about the energy of it. Mm -hmm. It's the energy of bringing yourself into climax and having that be the way that you raise energy for a spell. Um, or not just by yourself, but with a partner and maybe you're co-creating some, something that you're, some intention that you're trying to raise energy around. And so you come to this place of orgasm and that is that release of Mm -hmm. energy. Um, and of course there's so many ways to do this that are not that, you know, to raise energy and release it. Kundalini energy, breathing exercises. All these ways. But when yep. we're talking specifically about sex magic, that is that is one of the ways that I've heard it talked about. And you know, if you know more about this and you want to share me share with me and and Veronica and like let us know how we don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> I love, please do. I love yeah. Share input. away. You know, uh, shoot us an email at wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net. Or if you know any books, I don't know any good books about sex magic. I used to. I actually did you? had several. You did of them. I have a book called Sexy Witch, which is all about uh, kind of t- tuning into. So this is about sex magic, but it's really um, a lot of it is focused on self. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Sure. Yeah. It's like starting with self, mm-hmm. you know, but no, we had a time we had a member in circle who was really into sex magic and Kundalini and oh, she yeah, yeah. bought a lot of that and she was recommending books. And I remember at the time I was super into tantric stuff oh, and like uh-huh i mean I, I and researching all of that not doing it just researching um, <laughs> i think i may have done like one exercise in the book honestly but i think a lot of it has to do with my uncomfortability yeah. and not being in that place and ready totally. for that do you That's feel like you're in a different topic. place now totally yeah isn't that interesting yeah. how we get older we just land a little more comfortably yeah. in our skin yeah, and I'm sure that still, if I had that same book, it would rub me. Something else would rub me in a different way, and I'd be like, "Oh, I need to look at that or work on that," or right. I'll be like, "Not right now. Maybe yeah. ten years from now." <laughs> we'll revisit this later. Yeah. So, Veronica, you magically remembered the book. I did. It's called uh, "The Art of Sexual Magic" by Margot Anand. Nice. Yeah. I also I have that book. You still have it? I think so. Okay. It probably is dusty. <laughs> <laughs> from your wall of books i i go through so many so many moves i've i've had i've moved so many times that i go through like fleshing out my books you do and i think i gave my copy away to one of our 
Oh. One of our peeps. Well, yeah. I have some of your books, but not that one. Oh. Yeah. I'm sure everybody got it when. I think know, so. Because we're all like, oh, we need to learn about this. And then I think I like, read a chapter. And I read. Like, actually, I think I read a good portion of it and did a couple exercises. I really liked that book. I would definitely recommend it. But you like, gave it away. I gave it away because I kind of, st- I just stopped. It sat there for years. So I was yeah. like, I'm not using this, you know? Yeah, you're good about that. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I'm like, I'm hoarding all the, I'm like the dragon, right? With all the books. My my dragon cash is books. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? The dragon with all the books. Dragon you know, the dragon, like dragon is like, tra- right. But they the like books gold. are my gold. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, now I'm following. Gosh, that was. <laughs> it made sense in my mind. That's really what matters here. Since I'm not talking to the public or anything. <laughs> Anyway, I uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody for uh, following along on our sensual, sexual topic of conversation here. Yeah, I know we were all over the place and I know that we barely scratched the surface. Oh, there's so much in there. This topic is really deep. It's really vast. And we just like basically we're like, hey, check out this topic. Yeah. But we didn't really dive deep into it, partly because it, it does take a lot to dive into it, partly because we don't know all the things, um, and also because it can be a really sensitive topic. So, you so know. This is, yeah, this is what we got for today. This, yeah, this is, this is how far <laughs> this is how we're going we today. Go. <laughs> Drawing the line. <laughs> uh but I will say that one of the th- one of the things I find really important um, about about really diving into your own sexuality and sensuality is being able to share it with someone, whether it's a friend that you just share your experiences with, whether it's your partner because you feel like you can have those conversations. Um, it, there is a next level of of allowing yourself to drop even deeper in when you can share it with other people. That's. Yeah, it's healing too. It's super healing. Like I've had conversations with friends, with Mm -hmm. siblings. That she gestured to me, by the way. She said friends. (laughs) So you guys can't see me. That I'm like, we'll get to a point in the conversation where, like, yeah, me too. Yeah. And like, you know, so many times you think that you're the only one who has that issue or has that you think is a problem. Like Mm -hmm. even, yeah, oh, that's a problem for me. Um, And then you'll hear somebody else because you just decided to open that door and be vulnerable and talk about it totally you know and then he or she is like oh yeah me too and you're like whoa okay maybe this isn't a problem maybe this is just something that's happening and maybe i need to do something about this you know right well and you know i forgot what i was going to say because my dog started growling (laughs) (laughs) oh the reason that i made a whole lesson called sacred sensuality in the priestess path was exactly for what you were just saying, Veronica, Mm -hmm. because a lot of us are carrying around a lot of wounds, a lot of baggage around our sensuality and sexuality. And I feel like it can get in the way of, of our ability to really um, find the gifts within that and to take some of those blocks Mm -hmm. out as we heal. So I created that so that we, people would have, women would have an opportunity to share with other women if they so chose um, as we move through some of those experiences and notice what comes up, what comes up when you land in your body in that way, when you tune in. It's powerful. Super yeah. powerful. It's awesome that you're offering that because some people don't have that platform. No. Like we have our group, 
you know, we meet once a week yeah. and we have our group and we're very closely connected. Totally. And some people don't have that. And some people don't have that with their partner or their, nope. you know, friends or anything. And to be able to have that platform is really um, important. I agree. Totally agree. So I'm glad. I'm glad I made it. <laughs> <laughs> and I always hope people yeah. get out of it what, what my intention is. But the truth is people get out of things what they are ready to. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we could ramble all day. Thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you always for listening. And um, we're going to wrap it up here. So take good care. Keep it magical. And we'll talk real soon. Thanks so much for listening to Witch Next Door. If you like what you hear, you can click the anchor support link in the description of this podcast. And if you want to help other people like you find us, you can do that by... You can rate us, you can review us, or you can subscribe. Right? Yeah. And you could do all those things. You could just <laughs> click the little stars, you know, and give us like little some comments. cold stars and we'll comment. Yeah. How was this for you? You know, whatever. Love it. I totally love it. it. That way people who are checking out podcasts will be like, hmm, that Veronica and Emily sound like an interesting listen. I think I'll pop over there or wow, they're off the hook. We'll go listen to them. Those people can't stop laughing. This must be so- <laughs> there must be something good here. I could use a good laugh. Yeah. Anyway, so do that, please. We'd appreciate it. It does help other people find our podcast. And uh, and then we also really love to hear from you. So if you have feedback, that's another way to get it to us. Uh, you can also always write us at wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.